Thank you for downloading this episode of the 155 Podcast, the public records interview series of all candidates in Hamilton's 2018 municipal election. For more election coverage, visit thepublicrecord.ca where you can sign up for our City Hall newsletter. Episode 68, Linda Narducci, running for City Councilor in Ward 1, recorded on September 9, 2018. Linda Narducci, you're running for City Councilor in Ward 1. Welcome to the Public Records, the 155 podcast. Hi, Joey. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So firstly, tell us, who is Linda Narducci? I'm a person with a strong commitment to community. I'm a mother, a fitness professional, a gardener. I love the outdoors, nature, cooking. And this summer, a friend coined me as Monarch Mom as I'm raising monarch butterflies. Why are you running? We're all good and excel at something. For some people, it's numbers. Some people, it's building things. The very best work that I have done is in service, being involved in projects, not only as a decision maker, but rolling up my sleeves and getting involved behind the scenes to ensure the work gets done. With eight years' experience as a competitive athlete, I know how to set goals and follow through with daily action. At the end of the day, I hold the notion that I am a public servant very high and that I will be representing the people of my community and their needs. Do you live in Ward 1, yes or no? Yes. Does it matter if one lives in the community one seeks to represent? I've lived in this area for over 30 years. I do believe that it's important to live in the community that you are seeking to represent. I've seen the transition in this community from quiet, walkable streets to now heavy traffic speeding through our neighborhoods, where with these speeds, all it takes is one sneeze from a driver and pedestrians' lives are threatened. I've seen the students and homeowners in McMaster area struggle as progress has been made towards respectful cohabitating. I've seen the increase in homelessness on our streets and the lines growing longer at our local churches for food vouchers. By living here, I also see the benefits of the energy and ideas of the many people moving here and think about how to make this city great for all of us. These are things you see living in a ward. There's issues, but there's also progress and opportunities. By living in the community, you have a deeper understanding of the work that needs to be done. How have you contributed to your community and our city? My roots are deep in the Ward 1 community. I've served on our school council and St. Joseph Parish Council for years. I've been a member at large for Kirkendale Neighborhood Association, volunteered with the Philibus Spring Food Drive, volunteered at 541, and while I was employed with St. Joseph's Parish for 13 years, there was always a need to reach out and support the people of this community and the city. I was deeply involved as a founding member of the Mustard Seed Co-op, willingly doing the hard work to launch this wonderful community asset. As a volunteer, I served on the sourcing team, helping with designing and constructing the store layout, made product decisions, and participated in the many intense weekend work bees that were needed to get the co-op up and running. As a staff member, I oversaw community engagement. I ordered product for the meat department, as well as supported general retail sales. I'm also a member of and support Community Garden for four years. I support Sobe and Steel City Stories as a storyteller. I've also worked on provincial and municipal campaigns because I believe in supporting strong candidates who work to build our city. An important thing for me is to think of our city and what legacy we're leaving. My greatest contribution, I would say, is having raised three wonderful daughters who are active in their communities, have a social conscience, and are ambassadors for Hamilton. 
What are your two priorities for Ward 1 and two priorities for Hamilton as a whole? Hamilton is experiencing significant growth. With that comes issues around development and gentrification. The real tensions are present not only in Ward 1, but across the city. We need to ensure that as we grow, there is affordable housing for everyone. I see a real opportunity given that we're in the early stages of growth to build the kind of housing that makes the city the best place to raise a child and age successfully. Street safety for pedestrians, cyclists, scooters, motorists. Our streets need to accommodate the diverse uses for our diverse population in Ward 1. Streets that were once exclusively used as city arteries are now occupied with seniors, young children, students, bikes, families, and cars. We need to be transforming our streets into safe, usable spaces for all, using all modes of transportation. Across Ward 1, I would like to see an increase of red light cameras, bump outs, speed humps, designated bike lanes. Two-way conversion will improve safety for all. We also need to get the people excited about the benefits of this kind of infrastructure and what that can bring to Ward 1 and our city. We need to think about how to engage residents in ways that make them want to change behaviors because they see the benefits. What are three skills you will bring to elected office that makes you the best choice to represent Hamiltonians on City Council? The three skills I bring to City Council are, and I'd have to say number one, a strong work ethic. Being a single mom and having been raised by a single dad, I've never really had the luxury of not having to work hard. There's never been a time where I could just coast, whether as a full-time parent, a competitive athlete, working with clients, or as a community volunteer, I understand deeply that you show up and you stay until the work is done. Secondly, I'm motivated to grow and learn. I don't have all the answers, so I approach everything from a learning stance, and I'll bring that willingness to learn to my work as city councillor. And finally, I have an exceptional commitment to service so that people's needs are heard and met, because that is what this job is about. Hamilton zoning regulations prevent the building of multi-unit clustered housing that is in scale with existing single-family housing, commonly referred to as the missing middle. There are approximately 100,000 Hamiltonians in their 20s and approximately 140,000 Hamiltonians over the age of 65. The missing middle is medium-density, transit-connected housing in walkable communities and is important to young renters, first-time owners, and critical for seniors seeking to successfully age in place in the communities they've lived in for decades. As a member of City Council, you will need to address housing challenges in Hamilton. You will face opposition to infill development and provincially mandated intensification. How will you respond to concerns about development, and where do you believe mid-density growth should occur in your ward? It is the responsibility of City Councillors to think long-term, but also consider immediate needs. Cities grow and change, and there are many examples from around the world of beautiful new community designs that really serve people's needs. It's our responsibility as a council to bring in regulations that allow this kind of building, but we need to do this with the community. The range of concerns can be wide. For some, it's ensuring architectural heritage. Make sure that's respected. For others, it's having housing that matches how they want to live. We need to listen to those concerns and build for that increased density in ways that draws upon the insights of community members. Listening is a good place to start. As I mentioned earlier, citizens need to see the benefits and get excited about possibilities. Part of my role as counselor is to build that vision with Ward 1 residents. Town and gown tensions, a phrase coined by academics, are nearly as old as universities themselves. In one of the most famous examples, a three-day riot in Oxford resulted in 62 students 
and nearly as many townspeople dead in the year 1355. The Scholastica Day riot broke out after a dispute about beer in a local tavern. Luckily, town and gown conflicts today are much tamer and involve much more substantive issues. As the Ward 1 Councillor, you will be responsible for representing both town and gown. How will you effectively represent both and successfully mediate to create solutions which balance both interests? I would like to firstly see my role as a representative of all community members. Tensions between residents is a normal part of city life. All residents can experience moments of disagreement. This is where mediation skills matter. Again, it comes back to listening, understanding what the real concerns are, and then finding ways forward that are mutually satisfying. Sometimes that might mean bylaw enforcement. Sometimes bringing people together for conversations is a better option. I've spoken to both sides of the town and gown. The homeowners that I spoke with have shared that a lot has been done to improve conditions, but it's not perfect yet. The students I've spoken with have expressed a need for clarity from the city on what's expected from them as residents of Ward 1. For example, they don't arrive knowing the garbage bylaws, and that information is actually really hard to find. Suddenly a notice appears on their doors, but no one has communicated the bylaws to them. The city could do a better job of helping them find the information they need so that they can avoid conflict with neighbors. They, like long-term residents, are frustrated with absentee landlords who don't maintain properties. They often pay high rents, yet are not protected the way other city renters are. As Ward 1 Councillor, I'm excited to take on that challenge. What are two changes you will propose to improve city services? I would like to propose that City Hall be open on Saturdays. It's been expressed to me that commuters find having to do business at City Hall next to impossible Monday to Friday. Many people are up and out to their jobs by 6.30 in the morning, some arriving home not until 7, maybe later. I would propose that City Hall be open Saturdays from 9 to 1, maybe 2 o'clock. Another service is providing real-time emergency information and instruction during crisis situations. The Lock Street Violence event is an example. People in their homes or on the street that evening were following social media but didn't know what to do or what was true. We have neighborhoods with trains running through them. What if there was a spill? We need to think about how to help citizens proactively rather than reactively. We also need to think about a modern city and about how digital tools can be used to better engage with citizens so that they can access in real time the information they need or be able to communicate concerns to counselors or just be able to get their business done in ways that reduces frustration. What are two changes you will propose to improve quality of life in Hamilton? Quality of life in Hamilton would be greatly improved by being able to move through the city and feel safe. To quote the vision of the strategic plan to be the best place to raise a child and age successfully, we need to slow traffic down. Big cities shouldn't have roads operating at highway speeds. I'm not talking just about downtown, but the main roads on the mountain as well. Quality of life in Hamilton would as well be greatly improved if councillors came together as a team and thought of themselves as representing all residents of the city and not just their wards. I've had numerous people approach me with stories of conversations they've had with city councillors about an issue in a particular area of the city to only hear, it's not my ward. Of course, this is a change that I can't force. It's perhaps part of the current culture. Incoming councillors have an opportunity to think about what kind of culture they wish to build moving forward. Hamilton City Council decided against ranked balloting. 
Ranked balloting enables voters to choose by prioritizing candidates, such as the top three, they feel qualified for public office and best able to represent them. What is your position on ranked ballots? Ranked balloting, like anything, has its good points and its bad points. I don't think there is ever one system that is the be-all and end-all. Having been only on the voting side of balloting, ranked balloting could prompt voters to invest more in learning about all candidates running, as they would need to vote from the first choice to last. I can appreciate why council would vote against ranked balloting. If they're in office under a current voting system and they feel it works, why would they want it changed? Change brings benefits, but can also create other problems. Perhaps this is a conversation that needs to be had across all levels of government. In talking about ballots and voting, though, there are other issues we need to think about. We have an aging population, accessibility issues, non-voters. How can we increase voting through improved accessibility is a good question. We should start having conversations about online voting options. How will you improve civic governance and engagement during the next four years? It comes back to listening to residents, working across the city, not just thinking my ward, and building a collaborative culture among councillors so things can get done. How will the City of Hamilton's strategic plan guide your decision-making in hiring a new city manager, and what qualities do you seek in a new city manager? I think it's really important to build upon the work that's already been done rather than thinking because we are a new council, we need to start from scratch. We don't want to waste tax dollars on replicating work. I like the strategic plan, and I would want to see someone with vision, a manager who has experience in urban and rural planning and is interested in acting on the vision that the city has created. This manager should see that plan as a compass to guide their decisions, but should also have exciting ideas and how to move that plan forward. I want to see someone who knows how to bring plans to fruition so that we truly experience Hamilton as the best place to raise a child and age successfully. I'd like a city manager that's a visionary. I would also like to see a city manager who enjoys success and the satisfaction that comes from completing developments, projects, and plans. Having a strong character, being able to speak up when needed, and being able to maneuver through the many challenges that arise when managing a growing and changing city are all important qualities. Politics is the art of allocating limited resources and compromising to find solutions. How will you do so? My lifestyle, not only out of habit, but sometimes out of necessity, has been minimalist. Like all families, the city needs to understand that resources are limited when making decisions. You know, Joey, in fundraising to support my campaign, I've shared with donors that just as I am careful with my own money, I will make prudent spending decisions. This will require prioritizing needs versus wants, keeping an open mind, and understanding that sometimes urgencies arise that require revisiting allocations while keeping the long-term goal in mind. I work from the mindset that there are always multiple ways to achieve goals. It's 2022. The public record is writing a review of the four-year council term that is just ending. What three words do you hope we will use to describe your term on council, and what three words do you hope will describe council as a whole? I hope that if elected and after a four-year term, the words used to describe my term would be involved, interested, and responsive. The words I would like to hear council described as productive, decisive, and transparent. Thank you. That's the end of the prepared questions you were sent in advance. Do you have any closing remarks that you wish to share? I do, Joey. I would like to say something brief about change. The fourth point on culture in the strategic plan for the City of Hamilton is courageous change. 
In remembering my first months in moving to Hamilton in the late 1970s, there were traffic flow strategies in place to accommodate the thousands of steel workers for three shifts. Gates would prevent you from going one way during peak time of commuters so that all the traffic would be to flow down the access. Later in the day, the gates would switch to accommodate the homebound traffic. Clearly, this has changed and that demand is not needed. Now, I wasn't in the city when conversations began about this strategy, but I'm sure there was resistance. My point is, all growth initiates change. Hamilton is growing, it's changing. We need to accommodate this growth and change in lifestyles with courage, optimism, and excitement. As City Councilor for Ward 1, I'm so ready to help guide that change. Thank you for joining us today. I wish to thank the Hamilton Public Library Central Branch for the use of their sound studio that we use to record this podcast. This has been Episode 68 of the Public Records, the 155 Podcast. The Public Record is Hamilton's local, independent, reader-funded news outlet. This podcast is made possible by members of the Public Records Press Club. Visit thepublicrecord.ca to learn more and listen to all episodes of the 155 Podcast. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed. The Public Record is a member of the National News Media Council, a voluntary self-regulatory organization that deals with journalistic practices and ethical behavior. To learn more about the Media Council, visit the Media Council at mediacouncil.ca. Thank you for listening. See you at the polls on October 22nd.